0: When it comes to your bathroom, the shortest distance between outdated and updated is one click on homedepot.com slash bath. It's the Days of Doing Winter Bath event, up to 40% off a wide selection of vanities, faucets, toilets, and more, plus free delivery of all online vanities. From bold new lighting to a fresh new shower, your new bath is closer than you think. The Winter Bath event, online now at homedepot.com slash bath. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Bow through March 28th, Lost supplies last.
1: Lately, our homes have experienced more of us. More dishes, more flushes, and more shower time concerts. After 50 years of encores, Mr. Rooter plumbing service professionals are equipped to handle anything. We're your neighbor you can call anytime, and we'll be there, because we've been here all along. Mr. Rooter Plumbing, a neighborly company. Visit mrreuter.com today.
2: This is Andy Gutierrez from StarWars.com, and you are listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. This is the podcast you're looking for.
3: This is James Arnold Taylor, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi.
4: Hmm. I have a good feeling about this.
5: What happened in the middle? Were you more confident? Were you just as
6: scared? What happened? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for being here. We're very, very lucky. we to
5: be here. Uh, I, I think that,
6: that the difference is that the, the, the pressure pressures shifted. Uh, we didn't know at the beginning of Force Awakens exactly what it would look like to have Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver and Oscar Isaac, Joe Wing, and You know, what would that cast be like? And we had to figure it out to discover it first day of, of Rise of Skywalker, we sort of knew some of those things. We knew those things were, were working. What we didn't know was everything else. And this is wrapping up, you know, not one film, not three films, but nine. And so the, the responsibility was significant, and the movie, I mean, this is a pretty big picture, I and mean, the, the, the scale of the movie is pretty enormous, and we knew that none of that would matter, none of it would, would work, if you didn't care deeply and trap with, people. So the most important thing, the people we were good with. You know, we knew we had this incredible cast who I think have gone above and beyond anyone's expectations and are truly spectacular in the film. Yeah, yeah, they are. are. The performances here, I really um, hope
5: people pay attention to them. It's in this blockbuster wrapping, but the performances here are so nuanced, so beautiful, so deeply felt. Really keep your eye on it, you'll all feel it as well. Just to continue to ask you, though, you know, there's this is not, not doesn't have a comic book to follow the story. There, there's no blueprint for it. This. this is coming out of you and Chris's head. And what you had talked about was, you know, wrapping up nine films. That's an awesome responsibility. So at the moment that you accept the invitation to do it, and it's the next day, and you're home, and, and you're thinking, oh wow, I gotta, I gotta end this thing. Just personally, as a longtime fan of it, what was your personal process to get here? Did ideas start to come immediately? Were you quiet for a while? Did you meditate? Well, there, there, there,
6: because it, we had worked on Force Awakens, uh, Larry Kasdan and I and the show Respawn and Kathy, uh, producers, we, we had talked about quite a few things back in the day. So it, it was a bit of sort of picking up where we had left off. and and. The fact is that, that what what Ryan Johnson had done in uh, Last Jedi, you know, had set up some things that, that were sort of wonderful for the story. One of the things being that, that the cast was separated, the characters weren't together for the entire movie essentially. So this was the first time that the group got to be together. When Chris and I got together, we knew immediately we wanted to, you know, tell a story of an adventure. There were some very specific things that we were both drawn to immediately. And we just started doing the thing that you do, which is you say, what do you desperately want to see? What feels right? And then my job as the director was to make sure that all the pressures, all the obvious things, fan expectations and studio and all those practical logistical issues as well, weren't brought to set. That, that on the set, we can have a sort of, you know, uh, a, a sort of buoyancy and a, 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 a sense of sort of being spry. And, while it was never quite an indie, on the set of this movie, we needed to keep the thing feeling as, as human as possible, and not like some, you know, a massive machine, which is part of it in the background, but nothing that created the to us.
5: Yeah, those moments when they come back together and they reunite every time it happens, you just lift up. It's like, you, I, I realized, oh wow, they, they weren't together this whole time, so they're fantastic, beautiful moments of liberty and humanity. Um, Kathleen. No one really knows or rarely discusses that you started as a camera operator for Monday Night Football. <laughs> I think this is important. She was out there fighting for her shot. Who knew that? <laughs> now, see, this crazy said, I knew this. I knew this. So you're getting knocked around on the field. You're fighting for your shot. Um, so this is my question. How in Star Wars, and working on it over five films, what did you learn from those days on the field back in the 70s? That helped you work alongside this great filmmaker to make this one. Oh.
7: You know, I, I I think I learned that there's never a job too small. Nice. Because when you're doing that kind of work, you you get involved in every single thing that's needed. And that's why even when I'm standing on a set today, if if I see a cable that's kind of crimped and I think somebody might fret or whatever. It's very instinctual to me to start dressing the cables and and looking at things like that. It's just kind of a part of me. And I think that that was very much something that was instilled when I did that job.
5: Yes, I love
7: imagining you doing that.
5: That's
7: my <laughs> point. I, I will tell a story that I also, in addition to operating camera, I did what's called a parabolic microphone. Is that? And at the time, it was a dish that was about And you were the only person, and still today, you're the only person along with the photographer that could be right on the sideline. And your job is to pick up the noise on the bench, but also you need to be watching the play on the field. And I used to sit and watch football with my dad on weekends all the time, so I knew the game pretty well. And uh, I saw this pass play starting to materialize, so, When you do this job, if it's gonna be a pass play, you need to start running. So, I've got these cables on me, I've got this huge dish, and I'm running down the sideline, and I'm watching the pass. What I don't see is a Minnesota Viking linebacker who is running full speed toward me, and takes me out at the ankles, and I
5: am flying through the
7: air, like a airplane not get killed and I ended up on national television. We
5: need uh, this footage. That the we have a lot of beautiful websites out here. Let's get this footage, let's find it. Uh, good one, so you're used to the nitty gritty. Well, this is we be more though. Um, why JJ? Why JJ? Why this guy?
7: Well, I told this story during Force Awakens. I won't go into detail on this, but I met JJ actually along with a filmmaker by the name of Matt Reeves when they were 15, and they had won a contest for movies that they had made. And I said to Steven Spielberg, why don't we hire these two young guys to come in and take your home movies and clean them up and and give them a break and see if we can't give them a start in the business. So needless to say, for years, Stephen and I watched J.J. and his career just take off from that point. And when George Lucas asked me to step in and take over Lucasfilm, what I didn't know was that the, the company would be sold only months later. And when it was sold, there was an edict, so to speak, that we needed to make a movie in a fairly short amount of time. And the one thing I know about Star Wars and the one thing I know about these kind of temple movies is this unique combination of needing dramatic storytelling, gravitas, and a great sense of humor. And I think that there's huge filmmakers that really embody both of those things and also have the capability to really manage something this huge, and J.K. was my first choice. So that was an easy
5: one. Yes, yes. Um, Chris, when the initial call came in to co-write this screenplay, how long did the kid and you do somersaults before the writer and you started to have the Because I literally, I mean, I don't even know how you something
4: like this. You got your mic? I have two Oh, you, you spent about eight minutes doing something. I think it was on East 12th Street in Manhattan when um, when I I, um, when I spoke to J.J. J.J. had been calling and leaving messages, and I was in a screening. And I, I didn't have J.J.'s cell phone number in my cell phone, so it was sort of a random 310 number. And I thought, why, why is this random person in Los Angeles calling me? And finally I listened to the message, and I, I sort of hyperventilated a little, and I called back, and he said... Uh, Hey, do you want to write episode nine with me? Um, didn't say the word star or war. just said <laughs> episode nine. Um, so for a good eight minutes, I, I let myself sort of leap into the air, and then we um, realized, oh my God, we, we have we have to land this vehicle somehow. We have to land the biggest star destroyer in the world on this, um, you know, on the head of a needle. And uh and then we we got to work. I live in New York, but I came up to LA and um, J.J. and I just started you know at Bat Robot. The room with um, with these white boards, with these blank white boards. And we just started writing dry erase marker on, on white boards, and then eventually the boards became a Word document that was 10 pages, and then 50 pages, and then 121 pages, and then that became the script.
5: I have to talk about the script though. Um, as, a, as a writer, this is just a mammoth undertaking. You have to finish not nine. Not, is, is anyone out there? I just I have to applaud you. This is a, an epic feat that no one else wants to do. Um, so I'm glad you all did it and you did well. it well. It's it's fantastic. Um, so thank you for that. I want to jump into some of their, our our newbies before we um, go to the OGs as we call it in Compton, where I'm from. Love her. She's hot. She's badass. From the moment you see her, you just, I just wanted to see more of her. She comes back later. We get it? I mean, she's everything, okay? She's a hit. Okay, so I just want to let me know that. Even though I didn't know it was you for a long time, um, so, so I read the credits. <laughs> but um, can you tell us a little bit about her? How did you approach her? And did the anonymity of being masked? Or
8: add something new for you to play with. Um, definitely. No, JJ called me or emailed me and said, do you want to be in Star Wars? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but then he told me about the idea about the mask and yeah I love personally I love the mask. I mean that's my fantasy dream sequence that I can see everyone in a super tough version of myself costume and no one can see me. <laughs> That's my dream, um, so <laughs> um, it's a real power play in, in, in a way because you, no one can really see what you're thinking, but you can see everyone else. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. And, and the other thing, because we all, are we not to gonna be able see it last night? Yeah, they all saw it last night, yeah. The other thing that was just, you know, I've known JJ for so long, and I just feel like we have a shorthand, and. Uh, we speak the same language, in a way, and I just feel like JJ got to finish a piece of history, in a way, by getting to do this. And it's just, he did such a great job. He really did. It. He really did. It. I say one thing, um,
6: uh, thank you for being so kind. Carrie loved the mask so much that the, the first two days she worked as Zori, the entire two days, I never saw her face. She could have, like most people... Taking the mask off between tables, or after a couple of hours, or after the whole day. But she walked onto set in character with the mask on. Not even a character, with the mask on. And she was like, hey, I'm like, hey, do you want to take that off? I was like, no. And she had on the entire time, and then the next day the same thing. And I I got to work with Carrie for a couple of days and never saw
8: her.
6: Actually.
8: You would be talking to me and say, Can you take that off? It's freaking me out. It is weird because you're just looking at you can't you don't know i like I know. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. It is awesome.
5: Um, another uh, new character, Jonna, Naomi. Welcome. How are you? Good. Hey, I gotta get your You know, <laughs> this is a big thing to step into. Um, you're, you know, for any actor, there's an experience and a lot behind them. It's a lot to step into, a level of someone who's newer to the scene. Yeah. So, Ken, did you did you just come in? Would just swell and be fearless.
9: <laughs> or did you just, you know, just kind of do? How did you prepare? I had a defining
5: moment where you knew
9: how you were going to approach this. You know, I felt like it was a, it was really through the physicality. Like I, I felt like Jana, Jana's strength was in her body. Like she's a very grounded character. Um, so when I got to training, that's when I started to be led. Like, And then I guess with that came my confidence that I hadn't previously experienced and and then working with JJ and figuring out like what the balance was between you know strength of a character but also a vulnerable side. You know, someone with a heart, you don't always have to just be like strong and fierce, but you can also sometimes vulnerability and strength at the same time. So kind of finding that balance was really interesting and I feel like you you found it by the end. I mean literally and also like because we watched it yesterday. I'm not being funny. Like I, I left it like my heart was beating so hard. And it, it's the most visually beautiful thing I've ever seen. It, it makes you feel like a child. I and mean, There was an element of feeling like a child on set. I mean, it's like the whole cast allowed that to happen. JJ was the one who allowed us to be here. So yeah, very grateful. Yes, well done. Well done.
5: Um, and you're right, it is visually stunning film. Visually stunning film. Um, Kelly Marie Chan, you're back! You're back! Um, what was the camaraderie like on set getting the gang back together? Like I said, as you're watching it, it's just so heart-expanding to see everyone in the same scenes together.
8: Um, what was it like actually doing it? Um, it was really wonderful. I think that there, from the last one there seems to be such a, you know, bond between everyone, and then also the new guys. Like, everyone just feels... It sounds so cheesy and so cliche, and it is, but <laughs> it truly feels like everyone's a family and we're all just there to have fun and be part of something that's so much bigger than us as individuals. And that's a really cool thing to share with people, so. Your scenes, uh,
5: you, had, you were in large group scenes. We uh, uh, had, had individual scenes, but I remember you in scenes where there were just tons of other people in the resistance. Yeah, it's like oh, all the costumes and, yeah. and, um, and it felt like these scenes denoted community, right? And the scenes um, within them, but they also were um, very closely, closely connected to Carrie. Um, and so I wanted you to chat a little bit about um, you know, the feeling on the set around doing that work in her
8: absence. Um, I think that was really, I think for, for myself, I'm gonna speak for myself, um, there is sort of this idea that, you know, J.J. has talked about ending nine films and Carrie was such a big part of all of that. Um, so I think for me personally there was a lot of wanting to honor this thing and do right by this thing. Um, and I think that she's pretty effing incredible in this movie. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot to see and to feel
5: when she, when she's president of the film. Thank you. Um, Jonas, I really tried with the name when you came out. You gave me a full. You did great. But I think, I think for the record, so that everyone has it on their cameras, say it un-butchered. <laughs> some, 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 Not some, so, me, the unbutchered real... way. Sometimes
10: I'll say it the
0: real way.
5: Yeah.
10: Jonas Suolamo. One more time. Jonas Suolamo. <laughs>
5: okay? You
10: pronounce every word in okay. yeah. no, Finland. There's no Finnish, it has no silent letters. No. don't no, silence our letters. <laughs> yeah. Let's try Can I get a
5: about
10: him more than, than the rest of us. What is it? I mean for, for that we, we have to go back to nineteen seventy seven or whatever and when when George found Peter Mayhew to play this character that was supposed to be, you know, you nobody know knew what it was going to be and it's that thing where you don't know going into these things uh, uh, how it's going to how it's going to look. And I think Chewbacca's endurance has to do with the fact that Peter's unique physicality that I sort of inherited and I try to bring on the screen. It created this character that moves not quite like a human. It's very unique uh, the way Chewbacca appears on screen. And he's, uh, the way he's, uh, so that that that's what created the memorability of that character. And what people if they even if they haven't seen Star Wars, they might know what Chewbacca is. And that's that's what I'm a custodian of. And that's what I've taken. And uh, when Peter passed this last year, uh, I was heartbroken. But uh, but I but I'd like to think that you know, in in this film, you know, I, I attempted to do justice. And while uh, working with this incredible cast, uh, I'm really happy that we're part of something that's so much bigger than ourselves. But that we uh, we still get to uh, play and have fun. And uh, for that, I'm forever grateful to be a part of this. Fantastic. That's beautifully said, beautifully said. Thank you, thank you. Yes. And if my son is here, I'd like to say... <laughs> he, he
5: knows what that means. Uh, he, he does, yeah. Yes, good. Okay,
10: that's good, that's good. I think he's loved here, huh? <laughs>
5: This is your final walk as C-3PO. Uh, it's been
3: a joy of watching through every film. Uh, so thank you for what you've given. It's thank really you fantastic. for saying that, and thanks to everybody who has who is kind of been fond of 3PO over the years. Some of you will be there. Yes. Thank you very much.
5: What the fun, we love him. Uh, can you just sum up your journey as an actor? Um, you you you've done something in these films that hasn't been duplicated. That no one else has done. Uh, you've touched every one of them, you've worked across all of the worlds, all of the planets, all of the ideas and the stories. Um, I don't know how you'd start to summarize it, but maybe you can try.
3: Well, I just realized in the last few months something that I hadn't ever gotten before. Be- people, the questions I really don't like is, what was it like? Or how does it feel to be in Star Wars? Well, I've only just realized that because I've been in all of them, and the spin-offs and stuff, I am so close to it. And I said it's rather like having your nose up against the planet. You can't see how big that planet is. And gradually now, I'm beginning to get a, a perspective on it. And that comes from talking to fans, to, to people who say what Star Wars has meant to them over the years. It's meant something completely different to me. It's a job, it's kind of fun, it's kind of awkward sometimes. It's uh, as we all know, uh, it's not a smooth ride. But but finally, I'm getting to see it almost from the other perspective, and, and that's the perspective of the audience who've been there all this time. And I'm really glad to have survived all this long enough to get this perspective. You've got a unique perspective that no one else right. has Thank, Thank you. Thank you
5: for all your giving. Um, Richard E. Bennett, your Twitter last night was epic. Your tweet was epic. Um, You were on cloud nine after seeing this film. I'd just like you to talk a little bit about your reaction to the film for those who did not see. Can you get back to that moment and share with us what you felt?
3: I thought that Disney sue you for- um, You were very emotional. Because I think that you're not supposed to say anything about it, but um, I didn't tweet any spoilers about it at all. But the, the- Having seen the first one as a theatre student when I was 20 years old and before any of the other cast were even born, uh, it's an extraordinarily emotional thing to see just the passing of time that goes through all of these movies and it felt really like a compilation of everything that I read in the Bible, Greek mythology, The Wizard of Oz, all you know, rolled into one in this extraordinary summation of the whole story that delivers an emotional wallop at the end that's I was totally unprepared for. I was wiped out and I barely slept. So thank you very much for having me. <laughs>
5: Check the tweet, it's awesome. Um, and you're really good, that. You're fantastic. Um, Mr. Williams, I love your films. I have to read this part, I going to cry. I love your films. Your film, Lady Sings the Blues, was the first film I ever saw in my whole life. I was six weeks old. You have a famous line in that film, you want my arm to fall off, as you're giving Diana Ross the money for her song as the Holiday. My mom and her best friend were in the theater, I'm six weeks old, you say the line, you want my arm to fall off, they scream, I scream, I start crying, they have to leave the theater they never get you okay? This is how long I loved you, I just want to let
8: This is Vanessa Marshall, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi.
2: At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.
5: Years later, did you look at the previous films? Did you just, you know, use the script that was in front of you? What was your process as an actor to get back to him?
1: Getting back to what I'm doing now. To land yeah. No.
5: no did that. you watch the old stuff? No. No. <laughs> you just jumped right. In? Yeah. You remembered him? Yeah. Okay. I, uh, well, yeah.
1: Well, you know, the whole the whole idea. For me this young man called uh, Monsieur J.J. Abrams. Yes. <laughs> and it was uh, pretty much I like, you know, when I worked with George, you know, that was an opportunity to work with somebody who was really extraordinary. And here again, I had an opportunity to work with somebody who's really extraordinary. Actually, we worked together when uh, he was doing Lost. I, uh, played myself playing a killer, which I thought was a very interesting idea. And I thought, this guy is really crazy. <laughs> but fabulously crazy. But anyway, uh, this has been a great pleasure for me uh, coming back to uh, do Lando. Just wrote it off you know and I said well I did what I had to do and that was it but when I got the uh, call from uh, JJ and then when we met I just uh, I just sat there and I I just chuckled <laughs> you know because I thought it was just a, a wonderful gift yeah. so I'm very very happy you and
5: this uh day and um, i Paul feels, feels different in this, to me. Um, he's a bit, I think he was always supposed to be a bit of a swashbuckler, but he's like, dropped into the swashbuckling thing in this. Like, it's all, you're and swashbuck. Is it the best. And the knee-high
0: boots, really, I think it's, really Michael Kaplan, the little
5: <laughs> swashbuckling with
3: this one, maybe. It's
5: really good, I mean, did you, do you, did you feel that you were kind of in pocket in this, that like you found in a different way? What am I saying that feels different
8: yeah, I mean, he's kind
5: of always been a bit of a wild card energy
0: and figuring out where where he fits in the story, what story is being told. Uh, and I think with this one, uh, you know, JJ and I talked a bit. I remember did excited about kind of um, dirtying you know, up the squeaky flyboy image that he's had for a bit. More of a personality. And I think that really comes... Uh, out because I've been taken away from my little box in space and, you know, I get to join my friends this time you really get to see the interaction of the three and the hope that uh, I think that he in particular brings in this one. There's a, a kind of a relentless, almost aggressive optimism that he has uh, and, and how that is tested and uh, how he you know, tries to be there for his friends, uh, tries to push them along even when it seems quite hopeless. Um, and then I think also the way that we approached shooting a on these scenes, there was a looseness to it. Um, there was things shot in, in big, beautiful choreographed takes that are just astounding to watch. Where, you know, you follow one character walking through this maze of an amazing planet, with all these stormtroopers and aliens, and you realize it's all this one amazing continuous take within us talking over each other, so it was that kind of trust, uh, that, uh, that J.J. kind of, uh, that, that allowed, uh, I think, a real spark of vitality.
5: Um, yeah, you have to look for these shots that J.J. does, JJ does on something. Some of that stuff I was watching, I was like, oh, how the heck did he do this? The blocking alone is nuts. Uh, I can't imagine how it was to actually um,
8: have to do it.
5: Um, but part of this with, 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 uh, with uh, you and Sean, I mean, is like walking charisma, like charisma on legs. Like if you look at charisma in the dictionary, it's John on um, the two of It is, it's my different dictionary, special one. Um, but the two of you have, i uh, might be the greatest romance in- It's juicy. It's, it's hot, it's good. Um, but this connection, was it something that you all had to work at? Is it something that, that, that is you know, contrived and you really don't like each other?
12: Like how, how, is, this, how is this clicking that you see on camera?
5: speak a
12: little bit to the relationship with um, yeah I think, I think it was natural since the Since they were yeah when I mean, Oscar first came in there was an other actor that I read with and the chemistry was it was, it was, it was blatant and it was a natural vibe between me and Oscar. I don't even know why I just like the guy um, you know and, and I just well, walked into my dressing room and he just he was so sweet.
0: You know, um, I, I, to and like ran the scene together yeah, yeah. and then, f- from then on, we've been in that position. I, <laughs> I know, it's,
12: just, it's what it is, it's, just, it's like a, a, a good chemistry. And I think, you know, I felt most comfortable when I was while auditioning doing the things where Poe was involved anyway because I've, I've always liked, you know, the guys in the film, like, just like the boys, you know, I, I love that, I love that element and, and uh, I was glad to find that in audition.
5: It really comes through. It's beautiful. It's really fun to watch. Um do you that you learned from this part that you were surprised that you learned now that, you know, we're, we're at the final episode when you first tackled it um, now? A big lesson that, that he, he gave you when he talks to you in his head. And I'm not talking about JJ. I'm talking about that.
12: Oh, I figured. He talks to you in his head. Not when JJ talks to you in his head. What is he talking? about? I, I just like loyalty. Loyalty is something I, mean, I find very, very important in my personal life. Um, I think it's, it's super important to, to, to be loyal and to understand the way in which people want to be loved and communicated with. It's like, you know, proactive love is, is something that Finn does on a day to day basis. You know, throughout the film, a lot of the times, Ray is going off on this, you know, really hard journey as, as, a, as a, a character blessed with so much power, and Finn tries to support her. in, in Journey, and sometimes it's hard. And you know, in my real life, you know, if I try to get in contact with you three, four times, and you're going off, I'm going to leave you alone. Finn's going to come for you and, and, and try and make it work regardless. You know, that's some Jesus shit. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not built I'm that. <laughs> so I guess over the years, I've learned like, more and more. You know, I, I think in in general, I'm, I, I'm a nice guy. You know, but the other sides, I'm not always nice. And I guess. That consistency of niceness from Finn it gives me questions in my head over the years, yeah, sure. That's good, that's interesting.
5: Finn is um, Jesus, I mean, you're I mean, I mean, <laughs> we want
9: to be written. Um,
5: so Adam, you, uh, so if, 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 am I
8: technically
5: in the proper Star Wars, or if I don't stop, kind am really, he's also been solo. I, like if I say been though, is that also accurate, or not? Can he not be Ben Solo, or, is he rejected Ben Solo, and I should not use those words? Wow, he's really about uh, Yes or no? Okay, let me ask you, my question is, did, did in your performance of Kylo Ren, did you allow Ben Solo and who he was before to influence the way that you played Kylo? Or was, once you entered into Kylo Ren, were you gonna space. Did you bring his
11: legacy and his heritage into the performance with you? In this one? Yes. Uh, I, I think maybe subconsciously. I don't think it's a, you know, when people are actively trying to deny a certain part of their lives, I think they can do it pretty successfully. And then it, it just uh, turns into what, happened, what is happening around them that brings it out in So I, I think maybe, but it's, I don't think it's something that we actively talked about, about playing it. But it, it definitely is a thought mm-hmm. to have. It's, 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 it's and that's, again, I think that's a testament to the writing, that yeah. uh, from the beginning it was never someone, you know, from the beginning it being called Force Awakens was I- intentional in that it was the Force Awakening for both sides, the light and the dark, and JJ, uh, even in those first meetings, talking about someone who is uh, uh, unformed and not a know, quintessential, in control, you know, uh, uh, of his faculties, knows where he fits in the, you know, which again is helpful for me as an actor, because we we're, we're figuring out the same thing. It totally echoes what's going on in the story, but, you know, especially in the first one, you cast figuring out where you fit, uh, it, you know, in a legacy that spans, you know, um, so much time at <laughs> So that, that, that was helpful, but I, I guess I guess it's similar in that I guess it's a subconscious thought and playing it, I guess it's also a subconscious thought as me as an actor, thinking about it. Yeah. Okay, that makes
5: sense. Um, so Daisy, this is such an emotionally and physically demanding performance that you've given here. I just really hope that the blockbuster wrapping of this beautiful film does not obscure this performance. Um, it's, it's deep and beautiful. And you move me every time I'm answering screen it's great To the writing and the craft. Um, but also you just went there. So brought up to you. It's really, really fantastic. Um, the, the scene that presented you with the with the, the greatest, um, I don't know, the most rigorous demand, whether it's physical, because you're like very physical in this, as you always have been, but also just deeply emotional were more physicality or the depth of some of the scenes emotionally? And which one?
2: Uh, it's a good question. Because, Thank you. Um, with the physical stuff, you train, and train, and train, and then the adrenaline helps you like on the day to like, do the thing. But obviously the stamina needs to be there for you to continue to do the thing. But I would say uh, I was more tired emotionally. Um, there really wasn't a day where I was like, oh, it's just a quick scene uh, coming from the last one, which was quite heavy. Even the joyous scenes I found very strange uh, to do. And then obviously there's a lot of other stuff that's going on. And and it's also tricky because understanding what JJ was asking me, I feel like, I know what you're asking, I just can't quite get there. So that was probably the most tricky thing and sustaining that. Um, Emotion and there's a certain there's more of a I would say like a, a, a singular intention that um, was was tiring because as well even in the emotional scenes there's like physical um, containment that is
5: tiring so I really i have not answered the
2: question <laughs> both things were <in> hard. What was <laughs> about the
5: joyous scenes that
2: that really a me out? It's just so strange because I've gone from. You know, a girl with a lot of, being like, please be my friend, Luke, and he's like, go away, and I'm like, no, please. Um, and then, you know, very emotional stuff with Andrew. Um, so coming back was so great, but it would be so, um, like, easy to just flow into it that then you're like, am I acting? Like, is this what the, is required? Because I'm basically bouncing off to Oscar and John and Jonas and Anthony in such a joyous way that you just feel like you're having a chance. So it's not like difficult in like a way, but it's strange wondering how that general vibe is going to translate into the scene. Sure. And how
8: would JJ
5: know that it let you know that it was working or
2: not
8: um,
2: I could tell that it wasn't working because I'd look over and JJ and be like <laughs> and there would be some seconds and I'd be like, go on. <laughs> and I uh, come over and tell me what wasn't working. And when it I think Oh, when it was working, because sort of, you know, you're just like feeling the thing. So it's so that's the work when it's working.
5: When you're like,
3: oh gonna oh, yeah.
5: try it, right? <laughs> uh, good work. Uh, I just finish up here, and then I think I got everyone. Yeah. One last question for JJ before I open it up. Um, so for George, it was really important to him that these films mean something. That they are just, you know, popcorn films. There's Universal truth. Something is being really conveyed that that this is um, soul food. It's supposed to stick to your ribs. Um, and he wanted to say something for the ones that he worked on. You're the only director that's done it for the ones besides him. Um, so in this final piece, I mean, I always hate getting this question, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, my friend. What does this mean, and what do you want to say?
6: Uh, that's a terrific question. Um, I like to think that when you're working on something, especially something, and I say something like this as if these kind of things come along all the time, and they, they never do. Um, I'm still grateful for that call from Kathy. Uh, the, the truth is that there's the movie that you know you're presenting to the world, and then there's the thing that you're doing, not necessarily secretly, but, but meaningfully. We live in a crazy world. We live in a crazy time. And Star Wars for me was about hope, and it was about community. It was about the underdog, and it was about bringing people together. And seeing all oddballs represented, and the most unlikely friends and the most unlikely places. The family that you make is is really your family, you know. And so to tell a story that is, of course, a giant. Spectacle and a sort of, you know, like you say, the blockbuster record. But the thing that mattered to me most, more than all the spectacular, unbelievable, I, I would argue, best work I have ever done, all the departments going beyond expectations. The the thing that matters, I would say, most of all in the film is is really the people who are sitting here, you know, and, and what you're watching and the eyes of the characters and the heart of the characters. So for me, rather than give away sort of themes that Chris and I talked about doing, you know, from the beginning and what what our specifics are, I would say that it really is about hope. And it's about coming back to a sense of possibility, about unity, and, and it's if Star Wars can't do that for us, I don't look really it. <laughs> <laughs>
5: this is a dazzling dazzlingly rendered film. This is a beautiful uh, the film, The craft of filmmaking my goodness. I hope you all, beyond all of the trivia and things we love, um, this is a love letter to this, to this series, to the story. No one could have but you. You did it so beautifully. We're so proud of you. So in awe of you, everyone here. Thank you. And now it's your turn. Time to ask questions. How do we do this, Lucas? Everybody's just gonna shout it out. Lucas, Disney, shout it out. Okay. Here we go. Man in the front. Yes, you.
8: Here's the mic coming for you. Hi everyone, Kira Lemon, Hog for some features. This message is for
9: JJ and Chris.
3: Being able to sit down and
9: write a screenplay of this magnitude, I
3: want to know what it was like when you guys realized
8: that it was finished. Like you were done with
4: the story. Like, I can only imagine what that could be like. Is, is, yes. is it finished? Is it? Is it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, well, we we uh, there was there was a moment in the process when we were JJ and we were agonizing over something in the in the third act and and we were in a room with you know Michelle Rodriguez and Kathy and JJ and I and, and we um, and we, we couldn't seem to get it and we went outside the room and Rick Carter the production designer sort of legendary production designer said I think the reason you and JJ can't write this scene is because you don't want Star Wars to end and I we lifted, JJ and me, we knew he was right, and that we had to go and write it. Right. Um, and then, of course, the movie is remade, uh, you know, on the set, and they made it editing, and remade it, scoring, and remade it all kinds of ways. So we kept rediscovering the story. But I have to say, it was you, you I think both of us mourned in the moment when we typed the uh, the characters' names from the last time. I mean, the the, the moment of joy you have when you type, um, you know, Lando. Some words underneath Lando is, is something that is indescribable, but also the moment of, of sadness and longing in and time for the last time is memorable. What Chris said.
6: <laughs> I, I will only add that, that when I, I called Chris about asking if he would be willing to do this, um, and you screamed, because the you were such a Star Wars fan, which I, I had been told, uh, I was such a fan of Chris's uh, had read a number of the screenplays, and and Argo, I thought, was just so beautifully written. And I I needed to have someone writing this with me who would, from the very beginning, remind me of how much Star Wars meant and hadn't been inside of it before the way I had. And I said to Chris at the very beginning, if you you do this, you're gonna be with me the whole time, to the very end. And Chris being the whole Mandy has said, made some self-deprecating joke about how I won't want him around that. And and we were together throughout production, uh, throughout post, uh, you know, in the trenches, uh, with Michelle, with Kathy, uh, kicking every tire, you know, shaking every tree, doing everything we could to make sure that we were telling the best possible story we could. I I cannot tell you that grateful I am for this gentleman's uh, partnership.
5: Um, this question
6: is for GJ. Uh Can you tell me about the process of integrating Gary Fisher sure into the film and how he worked or the story and the footage you found from The Force Awakens and what that process was like, even emotionally for you and everyone involved? Uh, yes, I, like everyone here who uh, knew her, loved Carrie. I knew her for a, a long time. Uh, not very well, but I, I, I knew her for a while before Force Awakens. And, um, you know, obviously, as we've discussed, the idea of continuing the story without Leia was a no possibility, and there was no way we were going to do a digital Leia. There was no way we, were, of course, ever recast it, but we couldn't do it without her. And when we went back to look at the scenes that we hadn't used in Force Awakens, what we realized is we had an opportunity, and we could use that footage, use the lines that she was saying, use the literally the lighting, the that was amazing. You <laughs> watch this. <laughs> um, that was creepy. Hi, Gary. That's so Carrie by the way, to do that. Uh, um, well, weird. Um, in any event, uh, we knew that we had the opportunity to use the footage to uh, to create scenes that Leia would be in, and uh, of course, had Carrie been around, then it's still impossible for me to believe that you know she isn't because we've been editing with her uh, for about a year, and she's been very much alive with us in every scene. And uh, it, it ended up being something that if we had Carrie around we have done some different things here and there, of course we would have. But we had an opportunity to have Carrie in the movie, and uh, working with all the actors, uh, including uh, Billy Lord, her, her daughter, who's in scenes uh, with her, we were able to, I think, do something that Carrie herself uh, I'd like to think, would be would be happy with. She is, uh, she's great in the movie, of course, um, and it's, it's still emotional and moving to to think of uh, of her and, and how sad we all are that she's not sitting here with us today. Yes. Um, in the middle right
8: there
5: with the blue shirt, your second in and there. Yeah, you. You. No, you. You, sir. Just stand up. Don't wait. You can do it. Yeah, yeah
4: I'll do that. Yeah, do it! Thank you all for being here. And uh, so this question is for Daisy. Being a part of Star Wars universe uh, offers great opportunity for
10: change and to be a force of good. What do you want your legacy on the Star Wars community? The question was, what
5: do you want your legacy to be?
2: representation and change, and not doing it. So I think in itself, being part of a team of people um, that look a little different, that are from different places, like in whatever form that is, gender, race, whatever it is, I think that in itself is um, a legacy to be proud of. Um, Yeah, I think, and and, you know, like JJ was saying, this is a film of hope. we are reflective of the world at large there are a lot of people up against magnificent forces that are fighting the good fighting you know and we're not the characters aren't real but what they're doing is perilous in cinema um, so to be able to portray you know even a tiny part of that in this
8: crazy world is uh, very special nice answer to a hard question last question,
5: last question. Standing up and waving. There you go in the black, right there. Can we get
10: a mic over? You, my friends. friends. Okay. Uh, congratulations on all the work that you guys have put in. My question is for John Boyega. Uh, I remember way back when you did Attack the Block, and you had your first table with like a press conference table. Like, how did the feel have a global audience like love you for this character and Finn and for this this production? Coming from where you came from as early on in your independent movie psychology, like just how do you carry yourself now with this global uh,
12: respect and love from, from work? Um, no, just um, I think I'm, I'm not the only one in it, so it is, it's, it's cool to be able to share the load. I guess I've been on this journey with Daisy really more than any, anyone else, just in terms of circumstance and understanding of culture. Well, pretty much it. there's a hundred percent understanding of our background and where we're from. And then while we're auditioning obviously we were, you know, I, I had more money than Daisy. Uh, we we're auditioning, I think we had about seventeen pounds
9: fifty
12: five in your account. It was a minus two, so she was she was definitely going over that, the triple action limit. And we were just able to relate on that even that kind of level where it's, you know, most of the time actors have this kind of like you know, and a mystery about the personal things—we will we strip that bare. And I think that having this connection more than anything—like, if, if if I feel any type of way, or if I experience something that's weird, or if I'm at a store and like, oh, I just saw something—I always message, message Daisy because I just know that that's somebody that would a hundred percent, you know, relate. Um, and I guess this way has been my way of experiencing, you know, the the, the whole thing. But it's definitely also been a, a, a huge life change for, for all of us right? and, and, and that in itself is, is exciting I will say, and I said this when we wrapped up on our last day, that I really do genuinely respect JJ because he's not on the bullshit and for me, I mean that as if when you come into this industry the way I did the way you know Daisy did you get a whole bunch of promises, a whole bunch of people telling you this is going to happen, that's going to happen um, and JJ was like yeah, you know what, we're going to get you editing room with Tom Cruise. I didn't really know who JJ was to be honest. I was like, I can't do this out of it. That's Tom Cruise right there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I, I remember him saying that, you know what, I, I really I really liked you in the Tap the Block and we're gonna we're gonna get you in something. And in my head I was thinking, man, <laughs> cute guy man. You know what I mean? I've seen you in twenty years mate. You know I mean? But like I don't remember I went to audition there for several times before Star Wars, like on the T V shows that we were doing and other stuff. Uh, and it just so sort of happens that Star Wars, Star Wars is what I was right for, but I appreciate you not being like the rest of this industry, talking shit all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, uh, you know, and, and, and I respect you for that, yeah Well he's definitely not, not like the rest of this industry, this is a singular award. thank you JJ, thank you everyone here. thank
5: you Kathleen for being the shepherd of this, this, this beautiful story and thank you all for being here, can't wait till you see it.
8: Listening to Coffee with Kenobi, you are the podcast you're looking for. This is.
5: Move along. Right.